0: much for the way that you've already made this day beautiful the people that are here uh, so good to see them chelsea so good to see sydney Uh, lord you're just kind and i want to say thank you open up our hearts our minds to hear the truth to understand your word and take it seriously and and let it fill our hearts please bless right now in jesus name amen all right philippians chapter one and this is an amazing text. Some people do. Glad you're here. Some people argue, some scholars argue, that this, in a way, is kind of the heart of the whole letter. That when you distill all four chapters down, it gets down to this single idea of how we live our lives, this walking worthy. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. So here's the text. I'm reading from the New American Standard, uh, chapter 1, 27 to 30, and it reads as follows. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you and that too from God <clears throat> for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him but also to suffer for his sake so belief and suffering Paul, Paul puts as, as both something that come from God verse 30 experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me so let's walk through that, all right? We've got a few Greek words that are really, really important, okay? And uh, we, um, well, here I go, I clicked too soon here. Um, the word conduct, it's really critical that you get that. Normally, when you, when you read the letters of Paul, Paul's going to say, uh, walk in a manner worthy, these kinds of things. But he uses a word, patch uh, here from this peripeteo, which means to walk. Literally, to walk and talk is what peripatino means. He normally uses that word, but he doesn't use it here. In fact, he uses a word that is uh, politically charged. In fact, the word is politic. There it is. the. Politics. To be a citizen. If, if you take that word and do a literal translation into our English vocab in our English minds it means this, Paul is saying to the Philippian church I want you to act like a good citizen discharging your duties and obligations as a citizen of the kingdom of God and that that citizenship supersedes and trumps citizenship with Rome okay, now you and I hear that, and i like, ah, it doesn't sound too heavy-duty. Oh, yeah. He, right out of the gate in this, this new sentence in Greek, it is very, very intense when he uses that word. Could have used a lot of other words. Hey, just make sure you're walking and talking in a way that pleases God. And everybody say, amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Paul. Spot on. But he doesn't. He says, make sure you're acting like you're a citizen of the right kingdom. Let me tell you why. If you remember about uh, Philippi, Philippi was a Roman colony, okay? Those of you who are historians, Terry, you know about this. When a city was declared a colony of Rome, that meant they were politically Rome in miniature. So it was a highly charged political city to live in. It was a highly charged religious city to live in. Highly charged, economically, all integrated. In other words, everybody was proud to be from Philippi, and you don't do anything to mess up Philippi's status with Rome, because if you're in Philippi, it's as though you're in Rome. It's a powerful city to be in. Some of us are very, very proud Arkansans, and we we love our state, and we love our state bird, The mosquito and we stand for our state and we we love ticks and triggers and mosquitoes and it's good to be in Arkansas and go hogs and all that stuff. You know, you want to be a good citizen of Arkansas. Well, there's a lot of political pressure to be in the city of Philippi. Everybody turn to Acts 19. Acts 19. Let me show you just a little bit about some of the pressures here, Acts 19. So in Acts 19, uh, Paul is doing his thing, and Paul is preaching the gospel. He is not ashamed about talking about Jesus. And when you get to verse uh, 11, there's a series of miracles that happen, and it's absolutely amazing. And look at, look at verse... Um, Uh, I want to start at verse 16. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Big dramatic scene, verse 17. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus and fear fell upon them all And the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Big dramatic things are happening. When Paul is in uh, Philippi, there's a young girl there who has an ability to prophesy, not through Jesus, but through an evil spirit. And Paul confronts uh, this girl and her owner. She's a slave, and Paul exercises that demon out of the little girl, and guess what happened to the girl's owner? All the financial benefit of having that, that demonically possessed girl who could fortune tell is gone, and that guy gets real upset. So there was rioting in Ephesus where Paul would preach. There's rioting in Philippi. This is where Paul was beaten so severely in the public agora that he and uh, his comrade were thrown in prison. You remember, may remember that. Paul and Silas, and they're singing at midnight and worshiping instead of complaining, and an earthquake happens, their, their shackles fall off, a miracle happens, and the prison jailer asks Paul and Timothy, what can he do to become a Christian to be saved? So, supercharged politically, and Paul right out of the gate says, I want you guys to act like you're a good citizen, but of the right kingdom. Now, please understand, Paul is not advocating anarchy in any way against Rome. But let's watch what happens. Look at this next word. This is the word um, axios right here. It's a really important word. It's where we get a word worthy. Worthy or worth. It's really important. Uh, Let me me give you the best translation I can of that word in, in its historical context. Let's say you work 40 hours a week. And for this 40 hours a week, you get 400 bucks. That's your paycheck. And you're going to pay taxes out of that. So let's say your take-home pay is 300 bucks, right? So imagine scales, 40 hours a week work, and the scales balance because you get paid 400 bucks minus taxes. You take them 300 bucks. And to you, that's balance. That's fair. That's the idea. The scales are even. That's Axios the scales are even, okay? When the scales are not even, you work 40 hours a week and you're paid only 50 bucks, you say, that's, that's not right. That doesn't balance out. That's not fair. So the idea of worth or something worthy is that it's balanced and the, the beam on the scale is even. It's fair. It's just. It has worth to it. And so Paul says act like a good citizen of God's kingdom and make sure that your scales balance do you know what I mean by that you do I think Paul's getting that in other words sometimes as Christians okay you might feel pressure I do that we got to fit into culture and the scales tip so heavily toward blending in fitting into modern culture uh you know it, we can't talk about Jesus because it's not politically correct. Or we can't talk about, you know, key doctrines of our faith because it might offend somebody. So we get real quiet and we just kind of blend in. And, and sometimes when we're really, really bold, we might bow our heads at the restaurant and pray. But we do it real quietly. <coughs> okay, let's you know. And that's about as aggressive as we get in culture. And the scale tips really, really heavily toward blend in, don't make a scene, don't talk about Jesus, keep your faith private. Okay, Be a good citizen of Philippi. Paul says, uh-uh, you've got to walk in a way, you've got to act like you're a good citizen. Sure, a Philippi, honor those in authority. Paul would say that, Romans Romans 12, 13, honor those in authority. But you've got to honor the kingdom of God. You can't, you can't have it one way, right? Paul says, "Sure, you know, don't be a jerk, you know honor culture, be a part of culture, be, a, be salt and light. yes, but don't don't skip out on the kingdom of God. make sure that the, the scales balance out that you're fulfilling duties as a citizen of Philippi, but also as a citizen of God's kingdom. Really strong language here. And then he says this so that whether I come and see you or I remain absent, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna hear that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is an amazing term, striving together. I know Pat, you're astute with some Greek. That literally is translated in English, with athleticism. With athleticism, striving together, Sun athluntis, with athleticism, is what it literally means. That is a word. Uh, Brian, have you ever worked at the Darcy Center? I have not. Okay, good, you don't have any bruises then, right? So you you give bruises, you don't take bruises, those things. Well, you go to the Darcy Center where where law enforcement can go and work on tactical skill sets, and they work as teams. You might have a partner, somebody's got your back, you've got their back, and you're gonna work through the course, with a partner. That is what soon athletes" means. It means as an athlete, side by side, execute your your task. Teamwork, teamwork. By the way, it's also the very word that describes uh, gladiators in combat. In some of the gladiator competitions, men would be chained to each other and they would come out chained and if Stephen and I are chained, you know my right arm is chained to his left. I've got my left arm, and he's got his right, and we go out as one. That's what soon athletes" means, or with athleticism. He says to the Christians at Philippi, I want you to team up. And I don't want you to fight as though you guys are gladiators, as though you guys are athletes, together, side by side. In, in living out this thing called the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? So, serious stuff. In no way alarmed by your opponents. He said, hey, they're, they're on their side. The consequences of being on that side, outside of Christ, are horrible. It's as though their lives are going to be destroyed, and they are. He said, don't worry about that. You stay the course. God's working on your side. It's okay. Don't be alarmed by that. This represents salvation of you. This represents a destroyed life for them. For to you it's been granted, for Christ's sake, not only to believe, we get to believe, but also to suffer for his sake. Um, I want you to imagine, uh, I've shared this illustration before, I think it's going to communicate and move things forward in our minds. Can you imagine if Chris Perry engaged in a class action lawsuit against Against the NBA, number one, height discrimination. I think that's a that's not fair. You're chuckling. Height discrimination, talent discrimination. It's not fair either. Okay. And number three, age discrimination. And I think I'll win my case, and and I'll get to be an NBA professional athlete, and I get 20 million a year, and all that, and they're required to let me play for 30 seconds a game, and I get 20 million. What do you think? That'd be good. You're laughing, you're chuckling. Um, I wouldn't be a good a good NBA, NBA player, would I? If I did that, Brian. What would happen if you got a recruit for Little Rock PD and you skip all the training? You don't go through twelve weeks. You just here's a badge, here's the here's the uniform, here's your car. You're a cop. Go on. What would happen to that guy or gal? It'd be bad. It'd, be It'd, be It'd be really really bad. Yeah. So it, it, there's got to be a kind of price you pay to make it through the police academy, to, to make it through a year of being a rookie under your leadership. There's got to be a kind of price to pay if you're going to be an athlete in the NBA and really be able to pull your weight on the team, whether it's a professional golfer, it doesn't matter what it is, you got you to pay the price of some kind of commitment. And if being a Christian is nothing more than saying a simple prayer and... And maybe getting baptized, because I mean, we don't want to put any pressure on anybody, you know. Maybe getting baptized, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's the price tag of your faith. We're missing out on something. Paul says, we get to believe, but we also get to, we get to suffer. We get to stand up for our faith and be counted, because we are good citizens of God's kingdom, not just the kingdom of Rome. Verse 30, experience the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. This is, Patch, this is where we get our, our English word agony. You know, and we automatically take the word agony. Well, that's bad. You know, how's your day? I've been in agony all day. Well, okay, that's not quite the idea here. Uh, Brian, you're working out. Krav gra. I probably didn't say that right. And you're getting pounded, or you're pounding. You know, either way, that's what it means—the strain and struggle of being an athlete. Athletes uh, engage in practice, in the, in the games, and they face the agony of the weightlifting competition. Or I saw a guy uh, break a record on a deadlift, and he passed out when he was done. He was under so much stress moving that weight, he passed out. That's the idea of agony. Uh, so Paul is using words right out of the, the uh, uh, Olympic, Olympic Games word stock. He's using political words, and he's calling this church to say, hey, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're born again. I want to challenge you guys to team up side by side. Let's live out this gospel Uh, as though we're citizens of the right kingdom. I think it's great. And let's make sure that the scales balance so that we're not, you know, yeah, we fit into culture and, you know, we don't want to be a threat, political correctness. No, no, no. We're the salt. We're the light. We we have to have influence in some way. Okay, one more thing, and I'm going to turn it over to you. This this is going to be good. Um, When Paul says, whether I come or remain absent... I want to hear that you're standing firm, you're you're locked down, you're standing firm. Um, I I just want to, I want to say thank you to Christchurch is what I want to do. Um, (laughs) The COVID virus has just really tipped over the apple cart, right? It's just upset so many processes and culture. Uh, A friend of mine was talking to an attorney and they're basically working on bankruptcies as Penney and all these companies are, you know, uh, declaring bankruptcy and, and, and trying to survive this thing and tie off their businesses and stuff. COVID's really kind of messed things up, how we're doing things. Right. Um, I saw where the uh, chief at the federal federal reserve is saying, we've got to go six weeks with a total economic shutdown in order to stop this COVID thing. Yeah. Headlines, headlines we got to go six weeks with a full economic shutdown. Otherwise, we're not going to beat this COVID thing. I'm thinking, wow, man, that doesn't make sense. Now, I don't work for the WHO, and I don't work for the CDC, and, and I'm not a licensed MD and all that stuff, so you know, take it for what it's worth. But, but. Some of you, m- well, As far as I'm aware, all of you, all of you have maintained faith in certainly a less-than-ideal dynamic for church, you know? And when you're at home, isolating and sheltering at home and all those things, and yet you're maintaining faith, I want to say thank you. I I, I just, I I read this in the text. I get this feeling. Whether I see you or remain absent, I I don't see you. Paul says, I want to hear that you're standing firm. Uh, Stevens, uh, from both of us, thank you guys for standing firm, uh, even when we don't see you. And uh, some of the folks at Christ Church, uh, it is really, really hard for them to get out. And even if they're healthy, they have key family members that are not. And so they're isolating to protect them. And I get that. So what I've been doing is on Sunday afternoons, uh, taking Christ Church to them and just going into their homes to uh, just to break bread together. Take the Lord's Supper and pray and read scripture together. So um, thank you all for being faithful. All right. I want to turn it over to you. This is good stuff. How do we pull this into our world today? This is rich. This is thick. Politics. How do we walk it out? Pull it 2,000 year forward, years forward to us today. What difference can this make in our lives? How we need each other and how we live. How is God speaking through you? How do we do this? Terry
1: a while ago and it seemed very apropos and it was the life you lead is the lesson you teach mm-hmm. and just like you're talking about standing strong in your faith yeah. in uncertain times <coughs> it really is important and you got to make the effort to do it yeah It's not simply saying grace when you're in a restaurant. Yeah. It's what you do on a day by day basis.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. There's some agony in there. There's some yeah. struggle. There's some strain, right? To live out our faith. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not always easy. Yeah. If our faith literally causes no agony at all, no struggle and no strain, maybe we're not having faith. <laughs> Maybe we're, we've got a fistful of convenience, and that's about it. So, somebody else, how do we pull this into our world today? This is where we're living, people. This is where I'm living, okay? Janice. Uh, Let me see if I can get this out right, <laughs> the way it's
2: clinking around in my head. Um, we are living in a very politically charged world. We are. Conversation with these people, even maybe confronting some sometimes, but with, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's yeah. not to be throwing volatile cocktails, not to be throwing rocks at the police, but we can have conversations. And we hear about the silent majority. Well, when is the silent majority gonna stand up
3: okay.
0: and
2: say we don't agree with this attitude, we don't agree with these actions, we yeah. don't agree with this behavior? Mm-hmm without being like the other side.
0: Sure, being a part of the problem, yeah. Right. That's so good. It fits in our world perfectly today. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, Janice. Thank you. Um, Those on on Facebook right now, just a reminder, uh, please post questions, comments. We want to hear from you. Check in Stevens, monitoring the feed. So just to to make sure everybody's got this, Terry said that based on this text, we've got to stand fast. We've got to work hard in faith. Janice saying a similar thing. We live in a politically charged world, and it is what it is. We're not going to change that, that, but we certainly, as Christians, don't need to be silent. You know, in other words, as Jesus said, Janice, don't put your light under the bushel basket, right? The light needs to be on the lampstand. Okay, yeah. We've got to have influence, yeah. Cody? So kind of piggyback on what you said, because I was kind of <clears throat> sort of looking at that as well in the same uh, sense of
4: kind of what you said, don't, don't so maybe I have to ask the question. What is the right
0: light to show in this situation? Great question. So, so we can get very politically charged, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Cody asked the right question. Okay, if we're to be people of influence and live politically uh, in the right kingdom, then what do we do to prove that? How do we show it? All right, this is your moment, Christ Church. This is it, the spirit inside of you. Answer the question. What would we do in our world that would reveal the gospel? What would we do? Patch? Paul as in
3: this text, Seems to put a lot of value in consistency. Mm-hmm. He talks about conduct yourselves in this manner in my presence and in my absence. Yeah. And I know in an honor shame culture that might have a lot of pull well, because if you're doing something right in front of somebody to impress them in their absence are you doing the same thing? And I sure. think when it comes to the gospel, he values that consistency. Yeah. He values the. Ability or if I have everything I want or if I have nothing, Christ is the same. My faith has not changed because of my circumstances, so it's through those things that I can do anything. It's not, um, it's not based off of those circumstances, and I think that if we're modeling that consistency, if our, our faith does end and flow, but if we approach it from a, having a mind of Christ, like he talks about in 1 Corinthians, that consistency, that one thing that doesn't change, opinions can change from week to week obviously what we know about COVID changes from week to week and we can latch on to those things because it makes us either feel good or feel (coughs) powerful or feel in control but Paul would say Jesus would say have the mind of Christ because that's the one thing in the entire universe that does not change that is laid out foundationally as the thing that is constant and if we model that I think it allows people around us to say look that guy what happened when passed
0: away it hurt but look at his consistency in his faith and yeah. how he continued to work through it
3: yeah. there's a value in that because you can start trusting that mm-hmm. i see somebody that says one thing one way and then act another way another way, and then yeah, act. it's very difficult for me to latch on to that yeah. as far as trusting that person i think as christians as believers having the mind of christ allows us that ability to have that
0: consistency yeah that is so good patch so those online, let me repeat what he said one of the ways that we can demonstrate we're walking worthy of the gospel is to be consistent in our faith. Not this on again, off again, on again, off again, but be consistent in our faith. Somebody else, how do we live this out uh, that would make sense today? Chelsea? You are, yeah, oh, Anna? Um, I think and something that we're really walking through is just like, there's
2: going to be a lot of things that we're not prepared for, and we're usually like, oh, we'll, we'll wait until we're ready. Um, a lot of some of you know that we're um, becoming foster parents. Like there's so many unknowns with that. Like we don't want infants and we don't want older kids because I'm only 25. I mean, if they're teens, they're like six years younger than me. I should not be parenting that old. Um, and just like knowing that there are so many things that we aren't gonna know. There's so many things that we're not gonna understand. There's so many like things that we haven't experienced that these kids have and that we're not gonna be perfect at it. And like, even with COVID, like we, I mean, we're just gonna randomly let people into our house and we have no idea where they've been around and Mm -hmm. all of these other things. Like we're both starting school and we're around all these kids all the time. And everyone's like, oh yeah, as a teacher, you should just like, we totally should go back. And we're like, I mean, yes, but do we not, like we haven't gotten a say in it. Um, And not that we're against it. Like we totally are ready to see our kids. like everyone's talking about oh COVID this COVID that economy this and then you're like well there's always going to be something you don't know yeah there's always going to be something you're not ready for
0: yeah but if you trust that God has
2: a plan for it and you just let go and you're like okay I mean if I get COVID I get COVID but if I can change something and do something and show someone who God is in the moment that I am there and I am with these kids or that I am with my friends then is that not worth it in the end? That yeah. yeah. you planted a seed somewhere that
0: wasn't, there was that Yeah, that is so good. Let me repeat uh, those on Facebook. Uh, God didn't call us to understand everything. God called us to trust him. And if, if you think you have to have all the facts, <laughs> life's going to be hard. If you think you, gotta, you deserve all the facts, it's not going to happen, is it, Carl? Yes, Joe?
1: I mean... Bottom line, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven first, and a citizen of whatever plot of land you were born on a distant, distant second. Yeah. Right? He didn't say here be he good citizens of, of Christ, and also be good citizens of Rome or Philippi or whatever. Else. There's nothing <coughs> about where they actually live. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Uh, therefore, if I get involved in politics in the United States or on I bear in mind that it's a distant second in importance to my citizenship and the way I can. Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And everything I say about American politics flows through the filter of the kingdom of heaven
0: first. Can you imagine? Boy, did you just Is speak some matter? wisdom.
1: I mean, it, it, you know, we all got opinions and they all like our armpits and they all probably stink. Because none of us know everything. There you and go. No matter how much you think you know, you don't know. So <laughs> the Spirit of God would pass that through a filter of humility first. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, here's my feeling on the matter, but. I understand,
0: and I'm not going to get worked out on Yeah. Joe, so you've spoken wisdom, and you really reveal your understanding of Paul. Everyone turn to Philippians 3, and, and remember what Joe just said. Everybody look at Philippians chapter 3, and look at verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Joe, you're right. When Paul uses that word, act with political responsibility, he's defaulting because you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven first. And all of that filters out. to so have Roman citizenship. Yes. Or for a Jew to have Roman citizenship. Big deal. Massive. Big deal. Either they either yeah. had to pay a lot of money for it or yeah. grease some yeah. palms or something and he threw it away. It didn't
1: matter to them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Franklin?
5: I was thinking about the diaspora, the Old Testament, when they all, the Jews got out to the other uh, countries mm-hmm. nations around them, and God said, go and live your lives and mm-hmm. be fruitful and help those places grow, and that, how that ended up being uh, a good thing, because God's people, they got scattered out <clears throat> throughout the world, so yeah. they, were, they were in.
0: That's so good. So, uh, again, for those on Facebook, uh, Franklin is, is saying that we have to... Help me summarize it. Uh,
5: God doesn't want you to be, you know, stepping on other people. He calls you humble and to lift others
0: up. Yes, humility, that when we live out our faith, it's, it, it comes with humility, not with pride, and being dominated by the male ego. Thank you. That's so good. Let me... Let me uh, present this to you and, and we'll, we'll tie this off now. Uh, one of the key ways that we show that we're conducting our citizenship well is how we relate to people. How we relate to people. When you read the Sermon on the Mount, which is, which is a tremendous collection of the teachings of Jesus, the rest of the Gospels, when you read Paul's writings, the concept of, for example, forgiveness comes up again and again and again and again our ability to forgive people that hurt us is a key indicator of quite frankly the seriousness of our faith in fact that idea that singular idea of of giving forgiveness is so critical paul says this hey as you have received mercy give mercy as you have received forgiveness, give forgiveness. Yeah. So for Paul, there's an ethic of reciprocity. As Jesus has treated you in kindness, then you treat other people in kindness. Jesus forgives, you forgive. Okay? Jesus serves, you serve. Yeah. That is a key indicator that we really are walking out the politic of the kingdom of heaven and just how we treat people. In fact, the letter of Philemon is all about that. It's about how a guy who ran away, who was a slave, broke all the social rules, all the legal rules, employer-employee rules, and deserves to be fired, and deserves to be in prison, should be restored, not just as an employee, but should be restored as a brother as a family member. To do that to a slave in the Roman world is absurd. And Paul is asking Onesimus to do the absurd and accept this runaway slave. back. It's amazing what uh, Paul is teaching. So, okay, anybody else on how we live this out? This idea that um, we're, we're, we're going to live out our politics. Yeah.
4: Correct. Cool. That what You're saying, with what said earlier, what Joe said. It's like you have to view of where you're actually a citizen, of heaven, and you understand where you're going. Yeah. And you can see the things that Jesus did. How he did. How did Jesus impact the most people?
0: Yeah. And you sit there and tell them,
4: don't do that. Don't do this. I mean, the, the majority right. of time, you tell someone not to do something. You tell someone not to touch that mic stand. They don't to touch it. That's you know? <laughs> <laughs> just like. Yeah.
0: Uh, those online, Cody is focusing on uh, be careful what issues you choose uh, to, to take up and, and argue about. Make sure that you're centered on God's kingdom because so much of these things are really meaningless. Now, I wanted to include this slide to get you to think. I don't know if you know this, but Grace Community Church out in California, John MacArthur's church, they've received uh, a cease and desist letter to stop meeting because they're, they're having... They are not complying with the excessive uh, rules and laws of California uh, regarding isolation. And they're threatening $1,000 a day fine and even potentially jailing John MacArthur. So, what, what I want you to understand is this actually is happening, people, okay? This is not some story out there that, you know, some, some made up parable. This is happening, all right? And so here we go. The room potentially is already divided. You know, well John MacArthur needs to get off his high horse, and he needs to uh, put on his mask and, and tell seventy-five to eighty percent of his people to not come and schedule and make sure they break it up and socially isolate. Or you could, but the other no, we have constitutional rights to meet, and the state of California has virtually no right to say. You can't go to church and you can't sing. How about that? That's one of the rules. You can't sing in church because that's dangerous. We have people who are the maskers. We're a mask. And we have the no maskers. We don't need a mask. You know? So we've got all kinds of people and all kinds of... You think there's politic driving this thing? Oh, yeah. Big uh, politic. But, but casinos can be open. Yeah, casinos could be open. Yeah. Linda, you're going to say something. Yes. The churches. they they have absolutely zero legal standing. Yeah. And yeah. if it goes to court, he'll win every day every week. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. But yeah. they're just putting him through. And I actually yeah. read where I think it was in this case or another where they said the the COVID and everybody's safety uh, trumps his rights. or The church's yes. rights. Yeah that's the it argument. doesn't it's absolutely doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So this is interesting. This is happening. It's in our world. And and so you have to make some decisions. Cody's mentioned it. You know, what what issues are you going to choose to tackle? Or are you going to choose to be silent about everything? Uh, What about this one? The one thing we can't be silent about is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if we are, (coughs) the worst equation fails and we so blend in with culture that we are no longer salt and we're no longer light and we're just taking up space and we're good consumers but if you're going to really conduct yourselves as citizens of God's kingdom we have to engage culture we have to engage our relationship with Jesus Christ we can't be silent so Real stuff. Okay. Last word, anybody? Uh, Yeah, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Kathy just was teaching us, telling us that, that John is just staying the course. He is basing his authority ultimately on scripture and the constitutional rights that we uniquely have. Absolutely. So, Two things that are really important right now. Uh, number one, do you remember Jesus was being questioned about a political issue on taxes? And Jesus said, do you have a coin? Do you remember that? And whose inscription? Oh, Caesar. Okay. How about this? This is a good way to do politics. If there's something that belongs to Caesar, then you give him what he's due. But what belongs to God, you give to God. That's really wise. You know it because we're in this world. We do have to honor our laws, Brian. Just honor our laws. It goes better for you, right? It's not hard. <laughs> it goes better for everybody. It goes better for everybody, right? Just obey the laws. We've got good laws. So we really do. Except for the speeding laws, maybe. No, just kidding. I'm no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Honor the laws, the good laws, right? But we've got to honor God, too. All right. Did you know, also, my, my favorite Bible scholars, ready, pop quiz. I want you to tell me, can you think of any time Jesus attacked and shamed Rome? Pop quiz. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where do you see Jesus criticizing, complaining against, and bad-mouthing Rome? He doesn't do it. Interesting, when he engaged his ethic of politic, he didn't go after Rome. All he did was to try to encourage people to discover the love of God (coughs) coming from the kingdom of God that was walking around on two legs, known as Jesus Christ. That's what he did. I think that's what I need to do. I think that's what we need to do side by side As athletes teaming up, I think this is what we need to do. Okay, this has been incredible. Thank you so much. I want to pray. Abba Father, this is so good. It encourages me. It convicts me. Lord, help me to be that good citizen of your kingdom. To render to Caesar what's his, but to render to you what is yours. to Make sure the scales balance out. Lord, thank you for the people at Christ Church who are faithful. Whether they see me week to week or not, they're faithful. They share the vision. They share the, uh, the, the workload, the ministry that goes on day to day. Thank you for them. Abba, Father, would you please bless us right now as we get our hearts ready to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.